All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware weather ready teak and quick dry foam cushions for memorial day get 15 percent off your burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast and up to 25 percent off outdoor That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Presented by Botano, Nick Alberga and Jay Rosso back together for Leafs Morning Take. Rosie, I'm sure you caught this. The big news this past week, Leafs Morning Take, Season 2 launch on October 2nd. How are you preparing, buddy? We're launching. We're launching. We've done more meetings and get-togethers than we've done in the past, and I think we're <laughs> fired up for this year, man. It's a big year for the Leafs and a big year for us, so uh, I think we're going to be ready to rock come puck drop. Man, speaking of launching, have you been tracking the whole Travis Kelsey-Taylor Swift thing? A little bit. I mean, he, I got him in my fantasy, and I'm looking for news on him and checking out articles, and I got a scroll through all the taylor swift bullshit before i can get to uh to what i'm looking for football wise but his brother seemed to do everything but almost confirm it basically so i don't know and i don't really care dude this guy is gonna get gassed before it even is something with taylor swift like imagine taylor's perspective do you think she wants this stuff out in the media and like the brother broke the news man if if my brother did that and i was dating some famous girl i'd lose my shit because i know my chances go down the well why would why would they want to date each other? Their lives and their schedules would be so polar opposite. What are you going to do? Meet up once a month if you're lucky and then do some Zoom calls? Like, sick relationship, guys. And dating Taylor, I just don't know. I don't care. Focus on football, buddy. You're sick at that. You got a few good years left, and uh, you're the best tight end in the league. Just focus on that, baby. No Tay-Tay. Hey, did that ever go around the room when you played in the NHL, specifically on the Leafs? Like, oh, so-and-so is dating this girl or, or whatever. Like, did guys ever talk about that? Good buddy of mine had the number. He did, like, some promo thing, and uh, Sloan from Entourage was there, and she was the hot setup at the time, no doubt about it. And he got her number, and uh, he just started dating a different girl in Toronto, and he's like, I'm not going to call her, and he never did. And I'm wow. like, yikes, that is a bold, bold statement, man. But uh, – <laughs> They're, they're married now, so I guess it worked out. Okay, it worked out. But her name, I think her name's Emmanuel Cherokee. Yeah, that's right. But like that. in her day, goodness gracious. I, I just wondered how that type of business is handled in a room. Like, I even now in Anaheim, I, I don't know how familiar I am with TikTok, but like supposedly, allegedly, Dixie D'Amelio and Trevor Zegers, who's still without a contract, are a thing. I don't know if like guys Raz players in the room about that. Like Travis Kelsey when he goes in his in his locker room in the NFL, like guys talking about, hey, what's going on with you and Taylor? Like guys mind their own business or what? Oh, for the most part, I guess. And la- I think like around the room, the locker room, we're not all shooting the breeze about everyone's romantic life by any stretch. But you go out for uh, lunch or dinner with a buddy and with, hey, what's going on with this? And and he'll tell you something that's uh, that's going on, I imagine. But I think in Anaheim, you're going to run into that a lot more than you will in uh, most most markets. Rosie 
cut the PC bullshit. There's a guy you played with in Toronto who was the captain of the Maple Leafs who dated mm. a movie star, still married to her. You're, you're telling me you didn't ride the coattails of that couple out in the bar, bar scene a couple times a week? Well, it was weird, man. Like, Alicia <laughs> Cuthbert, she's a good Canadian girl, and Dion's married to her, and she's hanging out in the wives' lounge. My wife's hanging out with her. They're doing yeah. events together, and she was a totally, totally down-to-earth normal girl. Um, nothing crazy special about her that uh, you would think was Hollywood or anything glamorous or or out there at all. So um, that was just kind of a non-issue. Bunch of nice gals in there and married to buddies on your team, and they're just doing their thing over there. So it wasn't a huge deal, to be honest, but... Uh, you know, there was a bunch of backstory to all that, as we all know, with a, a guest we had on this show. And what are you talking about? I stay away from that shit, man. What are you, what are you talking about? It was his name, Sean Avery. <laughs> I, I forgot about that. We were going to ask him about that, too. But like our I think our Mount Rushmore of guests potentially to ever have on this show. Phenom's on there for me. I don't know if we'll ever get him. We've been trying, but like I'd love to know about his time in Toronto. He doesn't really talk, though. Yeah. I was texting him and he's like, yeah. I haven't done any podcasts or media, but I love playing with your Rosie. And I, ah. he was, let me think about it. Let me think about it. But yeah. we got to grab a beer or a coffee here when I'm in Calgary. So we'll set that up and see if I can pull some strings a little bit. But he, yeah, he's definitely not been, uh, not been wanting to stay in the limelight very bad post career. It doesn't seem like. I respect that. Uh, the two names we have been working on for like the last year is Fanuf and Tyler Bozak. I, I think both would be tremendous. And, We'll try our best to bring that to you at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube, where you can subscribe. Again, uh, wherever you catch your podcast as well, just search Leafs Morning Take if you missed it. October 2nd is the official launch of season number two of Leafs Morning Take. Monday to Friday, Rosie, 11 a.m. Eastern time. We're live, and we're going 45 minutes this year. We're going longer, buddy. Longer than uh, Dennis Malgan's second tour of duty in Toronto. Oh, your boy. Howie. Yeah, we're going to pump it up a little bit, man. I mean, go off script once in a while, shoot the breeze a little bit. If anything's going down, we can really break into it and just have fun with it. I think, uh, you know, year number one was a success, and why not tack a little bit more on, get some more content going, and have some fun with it, man. But I'm excited. I hope the fans are too. Yes. Different feel this year, Rosie. I, I don't know about you. I know it's a couple days in a training camp, but did you notice nobody's really talking about how they shit to bed in five games against the Florida Panthers? Uh, I mean, having covered this team for the last X amount of years, the prevailing story in training camp has been about the misfortunes in the Stanley Cup playoffs. None of that this year, but I understand why. Like, Kyle Dubas is gone. They bring Brad Tree living in, so there's, like, renewed optimism, the new extension, you know, for Matthews and Sheldon Keefe and... I mean, Nylander's the big talk, obviously, but like there seems to be like optimism surrounding this team. Maybe it's because some of the additions they made, eh? It's got to be. I mean, I, I've definitely felt more negativity going into the season in the past. Yeah. And it's almost because they've been so over pumped and overhyped that people just feel the need to to dig their heels in and pull back on the reins and say, easy, let me let me tear apart all the holes that I think are in the roster which is fine. And people are doing that right now, um, specifically on depth at D, uh, defensive capabilities on the back end. I think not as that, loud though. Not as loud. I agree. I agree. It's still there if you want to go find it, but there does seem to be a lot of optimism about the season. It's absolutely about what tree living's done. I think people are really pumped to see Tyler Bertuzzi out there. I think he's the number one shining, you know, um, addition this year. Uh, we got our big boys in place. We know what they can do. And I just think it's just a new look and a new vibe. And I think the biggest thing to me is they covered that that bit of a jam role. Like Max Domi's in there and Bertuzzi's kind of got that little rat factor. I think that instead of just quietly going out shift to shift and putting our head down after the whistle and and oh, we just I hope no one bugs me today. It seems like we're going to be the one with a little chip on our shoulder this year. And I hope that's the case because that's good watching. And you want your team to be the one out there being the aggressor, not the one getting picked on all the time. That drove me crazy. Be honest, man. Scale of one to ten. How horned up were you by that video? Uh, were you as horned up as me about seeing Ryan Reeves and Max Domi in a compete drill? Man, that was outstanding. I loved it. I've never seen that from this team. No, that's good. I mean, uh, everyone <laughs> I've talked to that's that's in the league right now has said that training camp is a battle and it's a grind and there's tons of skating. It's fast, fast, not a lot of reps or not a lot of rest in between reps and lots of battle drills going on. And that's what we saw there. That's a small area game you play. Domi's not really trying to take that to the net. It's just kind of right in front of the coach there. You just do little small area battle games. And it's great to see him out there. It wasn't any world beater thing, but I saw you tweet it out that it gave you a little bit of a... So, oh, yeah. 
it's oh, nice yeah. to see. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Domi can do, to be honest with you. Revo is going to do what I think we know Revo is going to do out there. And he's going to chip his minutes out and play smart, play solid, play safe, and grab anyone by the scruff of the neck if he needs to. That's great. Um, bang the body, finish with hits. But I want to see Domi crushing guys out there. I want to see him, uh, you know, get back to his form. I, I think that his potential to play at a high level is still there. And I don't think he's quite been able to um, have the consistency that, that I think he's going to be looking for. And I'm just excited all around for everything that's going on, especially the new guys. I want to see a bloodbath on October 11th against the Montreal Canadiens, the first game of the season. I, I want to see like 100 penalty minutes. I want to see this team flex their muscles and say, we're, we're just, we're here. We're, we're not, we're not your regular season Toronto Maple Leafs. We actually have a Stanley cup in mind. And I think you set a tone from day one. I've been saying this for a while. First month is the biggest story of the season for me, at least in the regular year. Cause every year it's the same crap where they come out and they're so lethargic and they barely care. And it's just a different team. And then November shows up. They're like, Oh, we should start playing hockey. I, I want to see consistency throughout the year. And, I mean that tongue-in-cheek, obviously, bloodbath. But, like, I just want to see some edge to this team. I want to see some urgency. I think guys like Ryan Reeves are going to bring that. Max Domi, Tyler Bertuzzi, guys who are going to drag you through. I'm not talking about Michael Bunting, by the way. Like, people trying to compare Bertuzzi to Bunting, it's not the same type of player. And I think it is contagious. You've been in a room, Rosie. It's contagious when you have that type of guy in a room who's going to drag you through a game. Yeah, I think so. I know. Yeah, that's I mean, I understand the comparison, but I don't I just find Bertuzzi to be high quality stock and bunting yeah. kind of being almost more of a pretender a little bit. Yeah, um, he had that one big year. No doubt. He's got the capability. But after that, it just seemed like he was just grasping at what his identity was. I was not a, a fan of the way he he developed a reputation in the league, basically. So I think mm -hmm. Bertuzzi's kind of head and shoulder is more high quality than that. And I am excited for these new guys. And, and that's the talk, no doubt. It's exciting to see them in the blue and white at camp for the first time being like, holy, they're here and, and they're really they're really doing it. And you're excited for the first game, no question. And I I do want to see them play with some jam too. It's a little bit of FU, you know, and yeah. the Leafs haven't had that. They've been uber talented, uber offensive. But they just haven't had that chip on their shoulder that that like for how much talent and and everything they have. I want Marner and, and Matthews to be able to have more of a little cocky swagger to him, like get the hell out of my way and watch what I do. Yeah. They don't seem to just have that body language wise. And now that they're surrounded with the right pieces and we're talking about them more than we're talking about that core four, which is nice for a change. And I'm just hoping that as a cohesive unit, how about that? A cohesive unit together. I hope they gel off the beginning and just go on an absolute tear and, and and make teams scared to face them in all aspects of the game. Imagine that. Rosie has a chill, nice summer with his family, comes back, and the word cohesive is in his vernacular, man. That's vernacular. I feel like John Scott, man, he threw a he threw a thesaurus at us first uh, first <laughs> interview there. I like that. He blew my blew my hair back with some of that. Dude, I can't get over those like Steve Bartman like headphones he had on, man. Like it just brought back shades, even if there's something about Mary, you know, the yeah. brother. Yeah, Warren. Yeah. Warren. I don't know, man. I just I had flashbacks. I should mention as well, and we feel I neglected to do it off the top. We have a pretty damn good interview on today's show. We we had some time to spend like 25 minutes with Biz Nasty, Paul Bissonette, and very timely, of course, the whole Babcock thing. Dude, he was tremendous. I can't wait for everybody to hear this. Yeah, he's solid. He's polished, and we've uh, we had a lot to talk about. And he wasn't scared to dig into it. It was a great interview. So I'm I'm hoping the fans of the show spread that around a little bit and uh, enjoy it themselves. So camp opens up, and we're all waiting. Like, what's going to be the big story? Is it going to be Nylander's contract? Well, I could tell you it was Nylander, but more surprising, and and this had been hinted a couple of days, I think, before camp by Elliot Friedman. But they're they're looking at Willie Nylander up the middle. That that's something that long term they're dedicated to here, at least in training camp. What was your initial thoughts when you saw that? For for me, it came out of nowhere. And the thing that really stood out is this was the GM's decision, Brad Tree Living, his idea as opposed to the coach. Man, it's so crazy. Times have changed like tenfold from like the last fifteen years. Yeah, it's different. Um... That is interesting on where it comes from and who decides. I can't see Sheldon Keefe having a problem with it, with him juggling the lines and, oh, and your favorite, your favorite. The time. He just he loves putting them in a blender and 
throwing it against the wall and he doesn't even wait for it to stick. He just switches <laughs> it up the next day. So I don't think he would, he would mind much, but in my mind, a, a player of the caliber of William Nylander to play center it. I mean, he's got the vision. He's got the hockey sense, the speed, the agility, the ability. It's not going to bother him, right? There's going to be a couple defensive zone um, tasks that he needs to get on playing the wing. It's pretty up and down, you know, but as a centerman, you got to get on the right side, help your defenseman out, and then support your wingers. It gives you the freedom to kind of go wherever you want and be more creative with with your ice time, which I think he'll love. It's just going to be a, a slight adjustment getting used to some of the assignments that he has out there. But like I said, a player of his caliber, it is not going to be hard for him to adjust. And I think he's obviously open to it. I don't know if he'd say otherwise, but giving a guy the reins to go play center and really be creative when you have his his talent and his skill set, I don't think is going to be an issue. Look, I'm all for experimenting. In the long run, I don't think it works out. Uh, I We've seen this a lot in the last couple of years. They've given him an opportunity, especially when there's injuries. And he hasn't been like out of this world, like different Willie Nylander. But I think I would theorize it. He's in a contract year. He wants to get paid like the big boys. You move him to center. There's your comparable. If you're the Nylander camp, eight times 9.75, 78 million. That's Sebastian Ajo's contract. It gives them versatility. Like I get it. It gives you length. And we'll talk about the lines momentarily. Uh, if it if it pans out in the long run, maybe you you figure out a way. John Tavares on the wing as opposed to up the middle. But the fact that you can go Matthews, Tavares, Nylander up the middle, whatever way you want to put it, Nylanders or Tusi, I don't care. It gives you depth. But I think in the long run, you go back to what works. I, I just think you want this in your back pocket. If say you get into another matchup with Tampa in the playoffs and you want Nylander as a center. But again, we talked a lot last year, Rosie, about experimenting, and I'm I'm right there with you. Like every day. We showed up on this show and we're like, new lines, new lines, new lines. Get this out of the way now because game one of the season, I I want you to know where this guy's playing. Ah, good luck with that game one of the <laughs> season. I'm fine with dicking around in October, September. I could care less about October, yeah. fine November. Look, the beginning of the season, do what you need to do to find, to find your gel and to get these guys finding chemistry. It doesn't really matter to me. But what I did not like is two weeks before the, the puck drop of yeah. the Stanley Cup playoffs and we're dicking around with this stuff. You, you better be finding it by that time and have it figured out by that time know who you are and what you do best by the time the playoffs roll around and then just walk into and present yourself here we are we know who we are instead of trying to find some magic formula a week and a half before the playoffs i did not like that at all i do not think teams that win the stanley cup are doing that they know exactly who they are but i don't mind messing around trying to figure that out right now this is the time to do it so I mentioned the lines, and and again, very, very premature to suggest these are the lines for opening it against the Montreal Canadiens. It's very early in camp. They haven't even played a game as we record this. But Bertuzzi, Matthews, Marner, Nyes, Tavares, Lafferty on the second line, Yarncroke, Nylander, Domi, Gregor, Camp, and Reeves, then Riley, Brody, McCabe, Klingberg, Giordano, Lilligren. We're not really shocked at the back end, but what sticks out for you? For me, it has to be Sam Lafferty as your second line right winger. I'm just not sure that's going to stick, Rosie. Yeah, that was me too. I didn't have him picked in the top six. Um, it looks a little funny up there. Uh, I don't. I do understand spreading it out and giving yourself depth in the yeah. the top nine there by having the top three lines capable. I don't love absolutely leaning on your top six, and then if things aren't going well, you're kind of up the creek. I don't think that's the position they'll be in, but it just seems weird having Lafferty. It's like, we need one. It's just like, do we have a little bit more depth to be up there? And I mean, Nyes, I'm really excited for, I didn't touch on that for, for what to watch this year. I mean, he gets kind of, because he got his taste last year, he gets left in the shuffle when we're talking about camp and whatnot, but I'm very pumped to see Matthew Nyes and what he can do out there. Um, if Lafferty he's going to have to step it up if you want him to be a top six player with these guys and all these guns. And if you want a guy like Willie Nylander to be down in the bottom six, it just looks funny. It doesn't seem like it's a fit that makes sense to have Sam Lafferty on the top six of this powerhouse forward group, yeah. but they're going to try it out. Time will tell. Um, guys step up sometimes. Guys find magic with those players. You, you think of the guys who have played with the, the top of the league guys, the Sidney Crosbys and 
and the McDavid's and their careers get made by getting a chance with those guys and saying, wow, I fit with these guys. I understand what he's doing out there and I can, I can be there to facilitate what he does. And they just rack points up and find chemistry. So obviously they're looking for that, whether it works out or not, we'll find out. Yeah. To be fair. I mean, the lines aren't as distinguished, I should say, as they were 15 years ago, like the Tavares line, it's it's all about deployment utilization. I would imagine the Nylander line would probably get more five on five. Like not to say Tavares is not the same player, but he's still like the best point per game player in the league. It seems like every year, you know what you're going to get from John Tavares, but I wouldn't line the lines to me that, you know, what really sticks out from, from these trios are the fact that there's like no distinguished, like checking line. And I know lots change. You look at some of the winning teams from the past, but there's not that one line where you're like this, this line can go out there and shut down the opposition. It's changed a lot. I don't mind the look. As I mentioned, I, I think there comes a time where Nylander's back on the wing or maybe Nylander's the center and Tavares is the winger, but this is the time to experiment at the very least. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's why I'm not too wrapped up in it. I just yeah. kind of, oh yeah, oh neat. We'll see how that, it, because, you know, keeps got a track record of mixing it up so quickly and almost, I think to a, I think to a fault last year, I'm like, can you give guys time to figure things out? I mean, yeah. maybe you're looking for lightning in a bottle, but that doesn't just happen every time you throw lines against a whiteboard and, and say, go do this. And then if, you know, if it doesn't happen that day, you got to mix it up again. Hopefully he gives some time to, to figure these guys out. Hopefully he's talking to them as well saying, where do you think you fit? How do you like this? And, and sometimes yeah. in a private conversation with a coach, you're like, I just don't know what the guy's doing out there. I I just can't I just can't guess where he's going to be, and I just can't rely that he's going to be there in this situation. Like a guy that you love playing with, that you have that chemistry with, you get to a point where you just know you get into a jam. Boom! You hit this spot on the ice, and you know your support is there because he knows where you're at, and you think the same way. And sometimes guys think differently, and there's that little bit of friction, and maybe no one wants to say it out loud. But if as long as you keep the communication open with those top end players and the coaches, I think you'll be able to find some uh, something that works again very early but notable omissions from that lineup Pontus Holmberg Bobby McMahon I think is still banged up right now and uh, Nick Robertson man like we talked about this last week this is the time this is go time for Nick Robertson steal a spot here right like you even see a newcomer like Noah Gregor on a PTO and he's in that lineup and you're not I want to see some fire from Nick Robertson yeah, it's time to get pissed off. It's time to decide what uh, the, the trajectory of your career and what it's going to be on for. You know, you're you're at the point in your career where you've had some taste, had some looks, had some injuries, and it's like, okay, it's kind of it's kind of time to make your bed here. And are you ready to do it or not? And sometimes it takes um, getting a little pissed off and showing up and saying, "Hey, remember me," and making the eyes up in the up in the box there get a little bit wide and say, "Oh my, we got to." Uh, we got to do something about this kid. Make their job hard, man. That's your job coming out of camp when you're trying to make the NHL. When you were in the press camp. box, were you like the popcorn guy making a tea? I, I know Gord Stelic and I always have that infamous story, especially, I think it was a couple years back, Ilya Mikheyev had like the injured wrist and we'd always like be making coffee beside this guy in the press box. And it was like a running gag on our shows that I was making tea for Ilya Mikheyev. What were you like in the press box? What was I like? I like to set up shop kind of away from everybody, watch the game, <laughs> sit with whoever else was there. You know, you get your suit pocket full of some Skittles maybe and uh, hang out. I'd always watch for who was cruising around the press box and T.O. <laughs> of course you were. Don Cherry comes in there. I like to cross paths with him and just hear what he had to say. I think the guy uh, grew up watching him. He's a legend regardless of what you think about him. He is, and I always like bumping into him. It was surreal for me, so uh, yeah. Hung out, man. Hoped I would get in the lineup. Wondering why I was spending so many days up here, but I think the I think people knew why. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, if I ever ran into you in a press box, I'd be like, uh, "Excuse me, sir, where's the, where's the washroom?" I would think you're an attendant at Scotiabank Arena. So yeah, you, you'd be the guy with the red suit on and. <laughs> In the hotel. <laughs> exactly. we, we, have, we have plenty of towels thanks which way to your box sir all right let's get to the interview again it, it was unbelievable like it was a lot of fun probably the most fun we've had in an interview this season we've had some gem interviews but without further ado let's get to paul bissonette we we tackled a bunch of different topics didn't we rosie yeah we did good interview as you'd expect hope you guys enjoyed. hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Paul, biz nasty, bisonette. What's going on, buddy? How are you? What's going on? I got bullied by Rosie to come on here. He said he's going to beat my wheels off again if I didn't come on. So I said, sure, boys. I think we had video teed up that that said the other, the, the lesser known scrap in, in Toronto there. I think you probably got the best of me, big boy. Nah, I don't know about that. Did you guys see the picture on the on the one that we had when you were with the Flyers? It looked like you were putting my eye drops in. I gouging you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, baby. Hey, hey, that you didn't eye gouge me. It must have just been taken at the perfect time where you ended up getting me right there. And it just it looked like you were eye gouging me. Yeah, I think I'm trying to rip your baki off at uh, in front of the bench there, but I know I saw that too. Someone put eye drops in my hands. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, all the all the memes start flying as soon as the internet takes over. Dude, I, I think it's so fucking hilarious, like when you get like two former fighters together because like i wonder like conversations in like 20 years when there's like there's been no fights in hockey like former tough guys who have who have went after each other for years like what that conversation is going to be like well what's it like like seeing each other for i don't know you probably haven't seen each other very many times since those two scraps i think rosie you could speak for yourself but i'm just relieved that i don't have to do it for a living anymore because i would get anxiety before games knowing that i would end up having or in more, most cases having to go out there and scrap and so anytime i talk to a guy i, I fought before like we just had jay or um, nasty morasty on the podcast john nasty yeah. morasty and like we were joking around the fact that he used to he i mean he broke my nose probably two or three times We've had Yablonski on. So for me, it's more relief and we can have a good chuckle about the fact that we used to get paid to, to go after one another. Yeah, it's it's funny, man. Like uh, I had anxiety about talk in general and fighting too, but uh, meeting up with a guy that you did it with, it's just like, you know, he'd be your best buddy on the team and you know, you think alike. So it's, it's not, uh, it's not a big deal at all. But my buddy last night actually was sending me some fights for some reason of back in the day, there's like some clip of being with the flyers and he's like, what happened with you impressed you or something? And I went and looked at it and my heart just went, bah, 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 bah. and I was like, fuck dude, I can't look at this right now or I'll, I won't go to sleep. So to, it brings back memories of like a different life for sure. Oh yeah. Get the beats per minute up for sure. Yeah. As soon as you start watching them, you, you, you get all, all jacked up. Well, it's uh, it's great to have you on, man. Um, what's the last week been like for you? Like off the air, we we're talking about you're at a point where you need a publicist for all these interview requests, eh? Uh, I've been I've been swatting a few away, but I know I I owed you guys one, and of course, like I said, having fought Rosie and and him getting involved in the media game, you got to snap it around. So it's uh, it it hasn't been fun. Like like doing something like that's not fun. I'm happy that the former player of Mike Babcock, a guy who, who's still in the league, reached out and, and explained what was going on. Uh, did I think that it was ever going to get the traction that it got off the original podcast? No. Um, people might say, people might think I'm being naive when I say that, but it was something that I'd mentioned to Wit when we were just talking about going into that next show, like, hey, you know, like what, what types of things you want to talk about? And I was like, hey, listen to this one. And he was like, what? So in the midst of the podcast, I completely forgot about it to mention it, and he teed me up. So it came off like we were almost like half joking because we were just you know being ourselves and, and talking the way we talk. But ultimately, if if that former player doesn't reach out to me and say, "Hey, you got to expose that this is going on," for the sake of the young guys who are probably having to deal with it, where 
even this guy being an older guy, like he went through exactly what we described and his life was to be made a living, a living hell while playing for Babcock. So I think that he was just like enough's enough. Like the fact that this guy hasn't learned, like the, not only, not only does he, you know, does he need to face punishment for this, but when he was playing in Toronto, they used to have a designated guy who would warn guys about this behavior. Like, think about that. You'd have to have a guy on the team to warn new players about the fact that this was going to happen. And I know it was portrayed as something innocent, uh, but that was not the case. This was a power dynamic. This was this guy using leverage. And in, and, in, in so, and in some cases, from what we described on the podcast, it was actually even worse what was going on in Columbus, which ended up coming to light with all the meetings. So you've been very open with your anxiety. One of the things I love about you in general, you're authentically yourself. Like you said it, you're from well in Ontario. And and I love that aspect of you. Like, what was your first reaction? So you get this text and obviously you're like, holy shit. But like, I don't know about you. Like I've been tipped off a couple of times in my career, like a major trade or something's happening. And then I put it out and I'm like, I feel that anxiety. Like, what was that situation like for you when you bring it up on the podcast and it starts to blow up a bit? Well, so I, as soon as we got done recording, I'm like, ah, I should probably reach out to a guy from the team and just double check. I know that, I know that this guy wouldn't be lying about this and the fact that he'd also talk to players on the team. But I, once I got confirmation, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's, it's happening. So glad that these other guys are going to get the heads up and you know, whatever happens up from it happens from it. So yeah, I mean, I was a little bit the next day as it I I opened up Twitter like <laughs> later in the afternoon, and I understand that this thing had caught fire. Yeah, I, obviously you're just you know your heart's racing, and you're like, oh geez. And then when they come out with a statement denying it, you're like, okay, now I'm in one. And you know from there from then on there, it was more of just we understood that we were telling the truth. The thing that helped me calm down about it was the fact that more stories were coming in after. The, the initial uh, PA and and uh, Columbus statement, where where Johnny and and uh, and Boone Jenner had basically said that they weren't uncomfortable with the interactions. Now, I don't want any of any negative light shone on on Johnny and Boone because the type of situation they're in, where what if what if they do tell the truth and then there is no action taken and Babcock stays around? Rosie, I don't know. Did you ever play for Babs? No, I didn't, and and I get what those guys are just doing damage yeah. control for their team right there. But I mean, I, the important part to me, and I think you've said it, is like I hate cancel culture. I fucking hate it where a guy said something twelve years ago where that was half acceptable at the time. They dig that up, and there goes the guy's career. I can't stand that shit. But this wasn't that. This has got nothing to do with that. And I've had these coaches before where whether it's as intentional as Babs seem to be or not, they just going to the rink they hold it over your head they use their power in a way that's just like nothing else i've seen i've done other things in my life and there's nothing that i compare to these coaches that that fuck with you like that and it's it's unnecessary it's got nothing to do with a a hard-nosed coach that demands perfection that demands you give everything you have nothing to do with that i'm all for that this guy is just a pure just a pure prick and I appreciate how you stuck to your guns because I got tons of memories of you know how much different those types of guys were than the good coaches I had and why those guys are still allowed to be in the game just blows my mind and you guys blew the lid off of it and and rightfully so there's no there's no reason for that bullshit it's got nothing to do with hockey and and all that stuff that he'd done in the past as, as bad as it is and, and the list goes on and on and on I said, I, I even said after the, everything had came to light, like I had no ill will towards this guy. I'm a second chance guy. If he went away and rehabilitated for four years and figured out the way that he was treating these players, were making them feel that the way that these guys are expressing now, then then good for him. You know, like, like where are we as a society if you can't let a guy go rehabilitate and come back and get a second chance? I mean, within reason. I mean, we're not talking about like murder here, but yeah. it's it's it's. It's it was Bush League, and then I'm sure you guys have heard the the worst of the worst is the fact that one of the situations was at his house in Michigan, and he was scrolling through the the guy's uh, pictures and his text messages. Like, Ridiculous. what does that have? What does that have to do with hockey? It doesn't. Like, I don't. 
you don't you can't do that in a fucking steel mill if you work there. Like there's right. nowhere on the planet you can do that. And it's just it's just these coaches just sometimes, some of them, the bad ones, think it's they can do whatever the hell they want. And you, you can't do that anywhere in the world, especially now. Why would you be able to do this to these grown men who have, you know, worked their ass off to get to this level? You, you can't treat them like uh, you know, an ant. It just doesn't work that way. They have they have their lives and they have they have their own self, you know, respect and they shouldn't have to put up with that bullshit. And and I yeah and and I I keep trying to shed light on the fact that like this was this was a former player stepping up and and letting me know about it. This has nothing to do with the Chicklets podcast. This is a, a former uh, player of Badcock sticking up for these new guys in Columbus. This is the the players in Columbus coming together and and putting their foot down. And this is a great job by the PA to even though the first uh, allegations were shut down and they came out with that statement, they still ended up looking more into it, and then they ended up going to Columbus and then finally digging into this to understand that these younger players, if maybe if the PA doesn't show up, they, these guys don't have the balls to come forward and explain what is actually going on. And th everyone's saying, well, like, oh, well, what's he going to use in the camera roll against these guys? Like, I don't understand the power dynamic uh, uh, argument where it's like, I'm telling you this former player who told me about this, when he got to Toronto, it was the same experience, and he was, his life was to be made a living hell to the point where he had to ask for a trade to get out of the situation. That's not the way this sh stuff should be going down. This is not the way that these kids should be treated. We're not talking about accountability and, and getting bag skated because you, you played like a dog the night before. We're talking about me mental warfare here. Yeah, and for me, I mean, the even bigger story is Columbus. And we said this when Babs was hired. Hey, he was fucking ridiculous. He had to wait for his contract to wrap up before he can sign a deal. Like, yeah, get every penny, Mike. And then number two was like the fact that Columbus went through this process. And this is the only guy they thought could do the job for them. Like, there's so many, you know, and I think you had a nice piece on Pascal Vincent the other day. Like, poor guy. He steps in his first National League job behind the bench as a head coach. And here you are taking over for Mike Babcock. But I got to ask you, like, you got a thank you text from from a guy like Patrick Liney yet, or what? No, no, no. and like <laughs> I, I, I would imagine that their PR team was like, stay away from that guy, stay as far <laughs> away from that guy as possible. This isn't about this isn't about me. This isn't about spitting chicklets. This is about a team getting a, a coach who deserves to be in that position now, coaching them to where they get to show up to the rink every day and enjoy the game that they fell in love with to begin with, and not being discouraged. By, by some of the, the mental warfare that might have been going on if uh, if they would have had Babcock as a coach. Because if, yeah. if it's starting before training camp in year one that he's been re reinstated, Ridiculous. I can only imagine if he's getting away with that where the, the, the power and, and, the, and all that starts to grow in his own head. So, and I hate to be shitting all over Babcock here, but... I don't know. I just, I guess I wasn't very impressed with that statement on the way out either. There, there was no accountability. Dude, they thanked him. Yeah, How do they you thanked thank him. the guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, hey, I, if you got to cover your own ass, I understand, but there's one guy who the problem was and he's out and, and we can leave it at that. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be a redeeming quality about him, does there? But I wanna I wanna rewind back a little bit, Biz. I mean, you talk about so much, and you're very self-deprecating as one of your shticks, it seems like. But I remember, you know, rewind back to 2010 or so. Um, you and me are both about the same vintage, cracking into the NHL. I'm with Toronto. You ended up, uh, you know, started with Pittsburgh and ended up in uh, Phoenix's organization. And I remember you were hitting the Twitter hard, and making some noise with it, not pulling any punches, not holding back, saying what you thought. And at the time, like now, but even more so, the NHL was pretty conservative. Guys didn't put themselves out there all that much. And I specifically remember guys saying, that guy is tweeting himself right out of the league. You're never going to hear from him again, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't have Twitter when I was in Toronto. I probably should have, but I didn't want to put myself out there. And I remember all the shit you'd say to your, the trolls and whatnot. And just, you know, boom, years go by and you look at what you got going on now. What was that whirlwind like for you and, and how it just took off? Well, so I was fortunate because when I, when I, um, I got picked up off by waivers, there was three teams that put in a claim. It was uh, Phoenix, Minnesota, and Toronto. And you're in Toronto and you said, oh, I should have hopped on it then. But I don't think that organization would have allowed a quarter of what I was doing on social media. And it sure. just so happens because I was in Phoenix, I don't think it, like they just really didn't seem to care that much. Did I get called in at a certain point a few times to get pee pee whacked? Yeah. I mean, Don Maloney had to say, Hey man, come on. This is like, this is like ridiculous that you're doing this. 
But uh, I was just fortunate that I ended up in a market where it was okay for me to let it fly. And I was able to just be myself online. And like you said, especially the NHL, as conservative as it is, they had never seen an athlete going online and, and just acting the way that I was acting. So I think that some people took a liking to it. It obviously gained traction because of how different it was. And I was able later on to get just more and more opportunities from it. Uh, like I remember one year I went to, to work for Sportsnet during the all-star break. Now I actually, yeah. this is a crazy story. So I went, I was going to do a bunch of content with them. And, uh, at the time I was on Twitter, I had a Blackberry then. And yeah. when we were, we were going around all day and we were filming content somehow it, it had gone into my, like my phone had opened up and cause I, I don't think I even had a lock on it at that point. It yeah. went into my pictures and you know, when you share funny pictures with the guys on the team, there was a happy new year and it was in li- like cocaine lines and that girl oh, was snorting, snorting the, 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 the H on the happy new year. So nice. it just kept tweeting this photo over and over and <laughs> over. So it must've tweeted this, this picture 25, 30 times out, out of my pocket. So finally, after like four or five hours of me filming this content, I pull out my phone and I see all these like replies to it. Like, oh, this guy's done. This is the final straw. Da, 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 da. I got a missed call from our PR guy with the Coyotes, Rich Nairn. And oh. I'm like, oh, we, we obviously ended up, everybody, there was a couple of replies that said, oh, he must have been hacked because it, it tweeted out 25 times. So yeah. I went with that right away. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> hacked. And for whatever reason, I couldn't delete them on my phone. So I had to like go to the sports book. Somebody let me in the back and we went on, logged on a computer and like ended up deleting everything. So there was definitely some crazy times in the early days of my Twitter antics, but the line from back then as to what you could say online to where it is now has drastically changed. And I guess fortunately enough for me, I was able to walk that line. And, and as I said, it continued to open up more and more doors for me to where I, I became more comfortable on camera. And uh, I would say my heart rate after opening up my phone after that was probably more so if I was the last man back stick handling and I had uh, Datsu coming and forechecking on me. So, <laughs> I believe it. Well, Biz, we got a we were a Leafs show, and uh, yeah, we had yeah. some things to talk about. But uh, big things happening in Leafland. I noticed last year more than ever, you kind of started to voice your uh, fandom for the Maple Leafs, and it's a good time to do so. What do you What are you thinking about this year with everything they put together over the summer? I, I like it. I think that they did a good job of retooling. I think they were fortunate with the the cap situation where it is to get Tyler Batuzzi on on a one year deal at that price. Um, I'm very interested to see what happens with Nylander at center. I mean, he's a dynamic player as it is, but there also is a lot more responsibility defensively. So, hey, why not start it earlier in the the season to see where it goes? Um, I like where their toughness is at. I still think that there's probably a little bit of a question mark on the back end as far as maybe where the depth is, but uh, and then maybe a little bit net, but... Uh, it sucks that Murray's Murray's injured again, but overall, I think that this is a team that's easily going to make playoffs. So it's just a matter of whether what they can do and and how they're gelling at the time where they do get there. But uh, getting Max Domi in the mix, I mean, he's a hometown kid, so you got to imagine that's adding a little bit more spunk to his game. And uh, yeah, so I just I just like where they are from a team toughness perspective, especially with adding Reeves as well. All the other guys can just worry about playing if they need him in the lineup. And if he ends up playing 50, 55 games, great. If he's in the lineup every night, even better. So they have that intimidation factor. But top to bottom, I, th- I think that they're pretty much right where they're at, they were at last year. They're, they're going to finish top three in that division and they're going to make playoffs. Yeah, I'd argue they're better too. Uh, speaking of Revo. Like we, he played when we were playing and I mean, you can just, there's a plethora of guys that have been wiped out of that role and he's managed to stay in the league. And I always, you know, shake my head and say good on him for continuing to find, you know, uh, a way and find contracts and find teams. And he's walked that line so well with that role and being a great locker room guy. What do you see that's kept him in the league for so many years after similar guys have been done and gone? I, I mean, he's still a guy who can play like that eight to, to nine minute range, right? Like I was a guy who was playing three, four minutes and you seem to get really lost in, in the shuffle. You get out there for your two shifts a period, you're cold. So I've just noticed throughout his career that the, the teams that he's on, the coaches trust him enough to throw him out there to where he's able to stay warm and 
and relevant. I think he brings a lot to the lineup. He he doesn't shy away from the physical stuff where he doesn't forget what his role is. No. So, you know, so I I think that overall, I think that he's a, a very a very solid fourth line player who can bring that eight minutes a night and add that intimidation, especially for the fact that there's no other guys in the league like him. What is there five six guys that could could maybe scrap with him? Maybe uh, I, I would put Wi-Fi, Lucic, Delorier. Uh, yeah. uh, McDermott, like who else yeah. would maybe fight him? So that's I, covering most of it. <laughs> there you go, right? So I think that that's still a, a very important aspect of of today's game. And when you got guys who are drawing as much attention as Matthews, Nylander, Marner, night in, night out, it's going to help. Where you hey, you say, hey, go out there and remind those guys if they go near him a little bit closer, what's going to happen? Yeah. And I it's think valuable. that that plays plays. It's a very valid. And you're only paying the guy a million and a half bucks. So it's perfect. Boys, it's great that you're both scrappers because, like, my biggest question is, like, what's different from Revo, from Matt Martin or Wayne Simmons or anybody else who's been in that Maple Leafs lineup is? I think, like I said, I think that Matt Martin's a guy, I bet you he's probably playing even more minutes. Because yeah. Islanders rely heavily on that fourth line with Sezikis mm-hmm. and Clutterbuck. And, I mean, they've been together for for how long now? I bet you they've played probably 300 games together at least. Um, so mm-hmm. is, is, as, long as, as long as you could throw them out there from that 8 to 10-minute range, they still add value where if you're, if you're only playing two, three minutes, that's where you're, you're – now all of a sudden you're throwing your top three lines out there too much and, and it's too much strain on, the, on, on those top three. Yeah, and I think it's different because that's a different air with a different team. Like Matt Martin, I think, would, at the same time that he was there, if he was here now, would be valuable. It's timing. This team's ready to rock. They're, they're top of the NHL. They, they have the potential to win a Stanley Cup, and you can see it from the lightning. They come in, and they try to they try to run you right out of the barn. You got Stamkos ragdolling stars. Like, you can't let that shit happen. And if you have a weakness, a team's going to try to expose it. And at this point in time, when they're ready to go and make a run, you need, you need to fill that void or you'll be exposed. That's why I think now is a good time for him. Hey, Biz, you got some Jurgens lying around? Uh, why you ask? Because I, I got a steamy one for you that I think you should bring up on the pod. A rumor? No, just in general. Steven Stamkos. We want to fire oh, that you up. Think com- coming home? Let's go, baby. <laughs> Um, I, <laughs> think, uh, I think that he for sure, he probably gets a deal like Kopitar. Where he yeah. ends up staying, and these guys—well, I mean, d- difference because there's no state tax. If I'm if I'm them, I try to get Stamkos locked in at about the four million dollar range. But hey, if uh, if if all of a sudden this thing drags out, I could see him itching to come back home and taking even more so of a hometown discount than he would be, would staying in Tampa Bay. So that would be a that that would be some much added leadership as well. Because you know you got this core group of guys in Toronto who are still a little bit younger who haven't made it over that hump. I think adding guys like that alleviates a lot of that pressure. That's why I mean, having a guy like JT around is important. Mind you, yeah. he has not won a Stanley Cup, so I would imagine come playoff time, he feels just as much of that pressure from that, that as that other other members of the core group being as young as they are. But the more the, the the older guys you can you can add in there to deflect, much like Ryan O'Reilly did come playoff time. Like if, if if they don't trade for Ryan O'Reilly, there's a few moments in that series against Tampa Bay which they didn't deserve to win where he stepped up and made a play where that's the whole reason they made it out of the first round. I mean you go yeah, back man. to the face off he won, you go back to the was he the one who scored the goal or was he the one who passed it to Nylander? In, in the one game. It, yeah. But either way, he made two massive plays in the first three games yeah. to help them bring bring them to victory. For yeah, sure. you just need you need more guys like that, right, Rosie? Yeah, I mean, adding Stammer to anybody is incredible. Why they didn't at least talk to him about it. Obviously, cap concerns and whatnot in this day and age is a huge deal, but I don't know. To, <laughs> at this point in time, even talking about Stammer being added to the roster is just amazing but i mean you're looking at nylander stammer i mean little crossway thing going on it'd be pretty incredible i just i don't know if stammer is ready to leave the golf course and and hit exactly. the, the lights and the media hoardness that is toronto at times so uh only he knows but it's fun to throw it around you know it's a you know what's a leafs podcast when you're fucking stirring it up like this talking oh, buddy, Stamkos that's, coming that's, home that's already we haven't even started year. the fucking season yet pump the brakes yeah but i know yes, i do have my jurgen hard we interviewed Frank Saravalli the other day, and we're already asking about extensions for like Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi. They haven't even played a game yet. <laughs> so we Jeez. do. 
Yeah, well, that that cap's probably going to bump up $5 million, and depending on how the season goes, these guys are going to probably get their payday. I know it's been a hell of a week for you, but uh, good on you for everything you've done, and we appreciate you coming on, man. We'll wrap her up for you. Hey, thank you guys so much. We'll do it again soon, and uh, go Leafs, go. Got a boy. Hope you enjoyed that interview as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. For now, we're going to get to the Botano wrap-up presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly in Rosie. I'm going to lean on you for today's hit. Let's look at some NFL or some football, I should say. Yeah, it's a tough pick. I go down the games coming up here on Sunday, and we got the Bills playing the Commanders. Commanders are 2-0. and Bills being 1-1. and I don't think Josh Allen's very happy being at 500 right now. I think he's going to come out slinging. I think they are a minus 6.5 favorite, and I think Josh Allen's going to put himself on the map. He had that tough first week. I think he's going to be slinging it, and they're going to win by more than a touchdown. Knock those commanders down a peg or two. And my money's on Josh Allen and the Bills, minus 6.5 this week. I like it. I like it. And my money is on season two of Leafs Morning Take. Don't forget, October 2nd, we launch 11 a.m. Eastern time. We're going 45 minutes this season per show. That's our rough estimate. Great guests, great co-hosts as well when Rosie's not in the mix. But we're going to... We're tinkering as well with three hits with Rosie. There's going to be something a bit different that I think people are going to like very much, Rosie. Yeah, maybe it turned out and maybe should have been named Rosie's Rants from the get-go. But if there's something Ooh. if there's something that uh, that is on the board that might be controversial, that might have some opinionated people get involved on it, send her my way on Twitter. And uh, I'm always looking to dissect things and see what's going on and see why some people's opinions are this way or why people are doing things that way. It, it's it's fun for me. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot, of, uh, a lot of content this year in the NHL season to rant about. You talked about Josh Allen slinging it around. You're going to sling it around for sure here on Leafs Morning Take. So at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube where you could subscribe. Leafs Morning Take wherever you get your podcasts. I would like to thank uh, Paul Bissonnette for coming on today. Uh, Producer Aaron Bordado for making sure everything stays on the rails. Uh, To you, Rosie, uh, we'll talk next week. Okay, bud? Looking forward to it, man. Let's get this season going. Cannot wait. That's Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 